Hello everyone, this is Tribecast episode 13 and my name is Marina. Before I proceed to the interviews I have recorded for you this week, I have some information to share. Tribe Tampere has started the application round for a number of volunteer positions, so if you feel like expanding your network while getting to know more about the startup life, check Tribe Tampere's webpage and apply. Furthermore, you can create a position for yourself if you don't find something that already suits your skills and interests. And now let's listen to the Tribecast guests of this week. We are continuing with our new sub-series where we talk about the startups from Tampere who made it to the list of Arctic 15 of this year. And today we're having the representative of startup called Witview, which... Hello, Yona. Thank you for coming and please tell our listeners a few things about yourself. Okay, yes. Thank you for having me here. Uh, so I'm Yona Force. I'm a bit over 30 now, so I can't make it to the Forbes 30 under 30 list anymore, unfortunately. I studied in Aalto University, graduated from the Industrial Engineering and Management Department, like I don't even remember when, 2014, I guess. Somewhere um, in this century, cool. Yeah, even in this decade, still. I lived like four years in China, and then it was kind of then when I understood I was working for a big corporation, ABB, and I kind of understood that, you know, nobody there in the organization is really interested in what is best for the company. But, you know, more focused on creating those ivory towers for themselves, which, you know, reflects pretty badly in the results of the company or, or the culture there and everything. And that kind of meant that I decided that I want to be an entrepreneur. So what we did is that we founded our first company like five years ago with my friends and been doing this since and now we started a new company in I uh, we registered it in December 2018 so it's like three months old four yeah four months now since you started talking about it in your opinion what's the main difference between working in a big corporation and working in a startup good question for me it was the culture basically like i said big corporations are basically built for protecting the company itself from making any drastical mistakes which means that there is so much rules and you know the speed has to be much slower so that you know individual people can't make decisions that could be harmful for the company in the big run whereas in startups it's basically the opposite because you can't be sure where you're heading so you need to make more drastic moves all the time you basically is a trial and error game which you can't have in corporations so more freedom and more responsibilities yeah absolutely right and now let's talk a bit about your current startup first of all congrats about v2u being part of arctic 15 and we all wish you luck Thank you. On behalf of Tribecast and in general Tribe community, tell us a few things about your startup. What do you guys do? Yeah, so basically we help people make better purchasing decisions when they're shopping online. That, that's what we do. How we do it is that, you know, we scrape the internet for all the product review related data and we kind of aggregate it, run it through an AI algorithm so that... We, we basically create a summary of what the internet is thinking of the products that you are shopping. And we show that in our customers' webshops. 
And that way, the consumer doesn't need to go to Google and look for all the information to kind of get the peer review information of is this actually a good product when I have bought it or not. Do you also think that your product helps to avoid those you know, paid comments when a company hire people to write positive comments. The reviews are very important when you're making a purchasing decision. I know it personally because it all started basically from my personal need. Okay. And the unfortunate thing is that it's actually very difficult to get those reviews. So it takes a lot of resources from the companies to actually generate the user content there. Then when you have companies, as you know, you have one or two reviews per product, there is a big risk that you know those reviews might not be authentic, that they have been written by themselves. Those shops are there to make money. They need to make sales. And if they understand that, okay, if we create a couple of five-star reviews for our product, people are more likely to buy it. And that, that's the same thing, you know, if you are selling some private label products in Amazon, where it's a very big business kind of to get, you, you give products away for free in exchange, or you can even pay people. You know, to leave a review there. So yeah, of course, when we then have ten thousand reviews per product, it kind of narrows down the effect what you can have by paying for those reviews. Okay, out of curiosity, is it possible to give a review on your product? Do you have some kind of no comment session? No, we don't do it. There is so many companies doing that one already. So there is, we don't see really the need to tap into that market. That was done 20 years ago already. So we don't need if If we have a customer who wants us to help them with that one, we can just, you know, find a partner with who we can do it. Even when we talk about the same thing, basically about the reviews, what we do is so different compared to what, what a good company does if they do collect the reviews by themselves. Okay, I don't know how secure you feel talking about it, but well, Little Birdie told me that recently Witview got some funding. Yeah, yeah, we got basically a hundred thousand euro funding, which is fifty thousand euro from Business Finland and fifty thousand euros from individual investors. Uh, I think there will be some kind of announcement, which is more official later on. And our investor already wrote about it in his own Twitter, so there is no. <laughs> bad things to talk about it. Okay, congrats on that. Could you tell a few things about the team which works in your startup? Yeah, so currently we are three people, Markus and Lassi, who are doing all the programming, the hard work, and then there is me, who does all the talking and waving hands. All right, so you haven't participated in Arctic 15 before? No. What are your expectations from this event? Good question. It was our investors' idea that we should apply for it, for the funding program. Any That kind of training is always good. All visibility is good. And um, What we are going to do in Arctic 15 is basically that we are preparing for the actual official first round of funding because this, you know, 50,000 euros from a couple of angels is like, it's not even a pre-seed round in a way. It was just, you know, to kickstart everything and kind of prepare the company to be ready to get bigger round of funding. If I may ask, what is the big goal of your company for the next, say, five years? I think that the main goal, what we want to do, is really to help help people to make better purchasing decisions. Because there is, you know, all the commercialism and has meant that a lot of bad products enter the market. People are trying to sell a lot of crap. You know, when when there is not this kind of information so visibly available, it's difficult to know if you're buying a good product or not. 
And then if you buy a bad product, it means that you can use it, you know, one, two weeks in the worst case, or it might even broke after one time of using. And then, you know, we end up having a lot of waste, which is not really good. So yeah, our objective is really to just help people make better decisions. And also sounds like you want to a bit change the world and help the nature with your product. That's always good. It's always good if you can do something which is, you know, better for bigger picture than just, you know, help somebody sell more. Because then it's very unethical where you're working and then you might not really want to work there. So it's better to have some kind of goal where you can you can have an effect in a bigger picture as well. Right. Speaking of bigger picture, do you plan to move out of Finland with your product? Yeah. Very Finnish answer, yes. How would you generally comment on the current situation with the startup ecosystem in Finland? I think it's very different from a lot of speaker startup hubs. Like, you know, USA is quite famous for having extreme amount of private money. If you check, you know, the funding rounds they are doing there, there is so much more money involved, so much more private money. Whereas here we have actually quite good support from the government and i think it's in a in a sense very safe environment to do entrepreneurship and have your own startups because you know we get the free education here so you have some kind of basis on what you can have your future built even though you would fail and then you have the government's organizations like business finland who is giving grants to companies of course there always needs to be some private money involved as well but i think it's very in a sense very safe environment i think the mindset should be changed a bit you know you can't really because finland is so small market with five million people here it's like it's not really a market at all so i think the mindset should be shifting more towards the born global theme i think that should be something that we should focus more But in in a sense, I think Finland is a very good place to start your company. Here is a lot of talent, especially on the engineering side. Marketing, sales, well, that's challenge <laughs> because Finns are not typically very good at sales or marketing. As an environment, I think it's good. It Then it just comes down to your if you can do it or not. So the resources are there. Since we figure out that Finland is a good place to start your own startup, because, well, there are resources and this feeling of safety, do you feel that startups should gather together in all those startup communities or platforms? Or are places like Tribe Tampere or Startup Hub others useful? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I was one of the founders in Tampere Startup Hub, we now have like 80, 85 people there working, maybe 15 companies. And one of the main ideas behind that one was, you know, to have all the companies together there. Because anyways, when even when we are all working with very different problems, so all the companies and products are very different. There are game companies, there are people making actual physical goods, then there is a lot of software companies even though they are there is a big variety between what we are doing we still always have you know similar challenges similar issues and you you know when you are three guys and you would be working in one room every day seeing each other creating value is a bit difficult but then when you can actually have open conversations with another entrepreneurs other people working in different companies some of them who have solved problems that you are facing kind of adds value much more than you know having cheap rent so you get much more value out of it when you have a network of people like-minded people and struggling with the same challenges 
Right. Thank you very much for the interview. Today we had an interview with Yonna from Vidview. And on behalf of Tribecast, I wish you good luck in Arctic 15. So good luck and thanks again for having time for this interview today. And now we're moving to the next guest of this week. And we're having one more guest this week. Hello, Timo. Thank you very much for having time for this interview. And first thing first, please tell a few things about yourself. I'm Timo Hulikomi. I'm a professor of, uh, in the University of Tampere. That's my basic education. I'm a medical doctor. And um, I've done uh, research for a couple of tens of years. All right. That's impressive. And as far as I understand, one of your recent researches helped you to start it, this startup called Everfill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because for something like 20 years, I've been a bit different person or different uh, professor in the university. For 20 years, I've seen that I don't want to do just uh, publications or, or direct PhDs. Uh, I would like to aim at certain innovations which can be brought to, to the people, to the, to the community. And of course, while achieving these innovations and doing the research, of course, we, we do publications, PhDs, but the main target is further. It's kind of beyond these publications. Okay, so actually making science serve the people. That's right, yes. Right. As far as I got from your webpage, your product, your business idea, is some kind of material. I'll try to explain it mm, in a very yeah, simple yeah. way, the way I understand being a non-biologist or non-doctor. Some kind of material that helps to feel the scars and wrinkles and some, I don't know, stretch marks maybe? Yes, because um, the skin problems are very big problems and they're very expensive problems in, in the globally. So... Think about chronic wounds. In US and Europe, yearly, the healthcare spends over $30 billion for the, all, all the products to treat these um, symptoms and, and these, the wounds. So it's, it's very expensive. And uh, the big problem in the skin problems and skin injuries is that if you injure skin pretty deep, so meaning the tissue which is under the skin, the subcutis, so that doesn't create itself again. So it produces a scar, which, of course, it covers the, the wounding area, but uh, it's not well functioning. So that we were thinking how we could, what kind of a products we could used to, to really regenerate, meaning that create new tissue under the skin. And we realized that we would need certain signaling molecules called growth factors, which are in the body, which tells cells of the body to, to grow and differentiate. We knew that we would need those signaling molecules that are found in normal skin and, and this tissue under the skin and thinking how to get them so you they are not available commercially you don't kind of go to any shop to buy them so the big idea was something like 15 years ago just came just suddenly into my mind that actually there's a very interesting ample source for these factors is that 
In the plastic surgery clinics, a lot of uh, liposuctions are done currently. And actually, that uh, liposuction is, is the same, it's origin of the same tissue under the skin. So we kind of invented a way how we separate from this liposuction fat these uh, signaling molecules. So that means that we, we transform this liposuction waste into not a drug, but it's a product which can heal the, the, these skin problems. All right. That sounds really interesting. I mean, I guess I have a feeling that this was the most scientific interview or it will be the most scientific interview I, we had here, but it's really interesting and really cool that you made it today. Could you tell a few things about your team? By the way, are your students somehow involved in their research? Or? Yes, I. there was a uh, that-time PhD student who, who started to work on it in 2005 or six, and, and she made the, called Rina Sarkan, and she made her thesis out of it, the PhD. And then there have been a couple of students on, on the road, but now we have transformed the, the rights to the company called Everfill Limited, and, and now we are looking for finance to, to, to take this into a, as a product, as a off-the-shelf product to be used for medical treatments. Right, and I guess this is why you joined the Arctic 15 list. That's very true, yes. Um, have you have any experience of previously participating in pitching competitions as a startup? Uh, or not really solid? pitching. So we, I started my first company with, with researchers from Tampere in 2003 or four. So we, we brought into the global markets a certain kind of a device that can be used in laboratory in, the, in cell biological research. So this startup activities, I know that basically done it myself so before. So, so but uh, this kind of a pitching type of um, I've not, not done it very much. Right. On behalf of Tribecast team, I congratulate you on joining Arctic 15 list. As you might know, there are five startups from Tampere who mm-hmm. made it to the list this year and this is really great for mm-hmm. Tampere startup ecosystem and of course I wish you good luck with that. Thank you. Uh, could you share a bit more about your expectations about Arctic 15? I don't know because I, to be frank, I uh, I got it posted in my email and I had I guess one or two days to, to do it so I did it. I did the application very fast and without really knowing anything and also to be again Frank, I, I don't today know very much about it. I really have to look more carefully, but I am now putting my head in. Sounds like my application to Masters. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but that was quick. Actually, there's this kind of stereotype that people of science are kind of locked in their own community, mm-hmm. in their own world of wise unicorns, whatever. But I still want to ask you, what do you think and how do you feel about the general situation of Tampere startup ecosystem? Again, to be frank, I don't very much know about it. I know something about the startups in the medical campus and in the Kaupi campus. I understand there is Demoland, there's a lot of uh, lot of activities here in the in the main campus and in the oh, city of Tampere. So I I don't really know. Yeah, but then why to join a startup? Then you could have sold your idea to some big international medical company and just the problem. The, not the problem, but the point there is that although we already have some uh, 
studies with real patients. So it's so early stage that uh, to increase the, the value of the innovation, so, so we have to take it further. So there's no point. Because in Finland, many people try to sell their innovations really too early so that there's no not enough revenue for, for them or for, or for Finland. So that we have to do some quite a bit of work to get the value correct. Right. So basically you're asking for financing to continue your research. I would not call it research. I, I would call it productization so so that okay. we, we have done our research. So so the clinical studies they are part of the productization although we will write publications about the the studies with patients uh, with patient let's say wounds or, or some problems but I would not call that let's say research per se. Right. So they will serve the productization of the innovation. And have you conducted the research entirely on the university premises? You mean this particular yeah, one? Yeah, this particular. Yeah, this particular has been done. All, well, of course, we we have had the connections to the private clinics, but the basic research has been done in the university and through the university. Right, and as a professor, I know at least one startup mm. from Tampere, besides you, I mean, who works in the sphere of medicine, mm-hmm. and the team consists of medical students, mm-hmm. but in my head, medical students are usually like those super busy people, like with lots of studying. So generally, what do you think about medical students doing their own startups while they're still students? Well, I, I think um, it's it's how you spend your time. So, so I don't think uh, medical students, the studying medicine is is so hard that you cannot do any any other activities. And uh, well, of course, it, it's in a way that it there are certain times you have to be here and there and certain in the, in the hospital. So on, on the daytime, it's, it's very much uh, regulated so that you have to be here. But otherwise, uh, it's like any any studies. So I'm I'm very happy that that people try to think something also something else than their their own studies so if they can because in all studies like medicine so you you start to see the needs and the problems and if you use your creativity so i really encourage people doing that okay so technically if you really into the sphere you can figure out what kind of products people need or what kind of services it's, it's well it's, it's it's any aspect of our any any area of the life so uh, like in medicine so little by little when you when people enter the clinics and start to see patients and also start to see how the hospitals clinics work so that you can have uh, in a way or kind of a needs that okay this organization is, is just crap well, why people are doing like this uh, why I don't develop a certain app for this which one why makes this is much more smooth or if there's certain patients which you see that they cannot be cured or there's something problem with that so 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 I see that the seeing and understanding and being open-minded to kind of a screen for needs around and, and I guess that's the starting point for any new innovations and survival of Finnish economy. Right, that's an interesting position. Since you mentioned an app, I cannot ask, what do you think about this quite a wave of innovations in a medicine in a sense that there is more and more artificial intelligence and robotics? Do you think that all those will squeeze human doctors? outside of profession at some point? Well, I guess that's a natural phenomenon. So that um, I welcome that because, because one thing what's, I've seen myself practicing medicine with seeing patients and, and what, what I see all the time around, 
the one if, if we take one important aspect in that is that um, if you see a patient and you listen to the patient and you start to think what this patient might might have what, what's the what's behind this so you are very 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 easily biased so that you start to follow certain lead okay i've seen this kind of a before so they start asking questions that would take you that direction so i think one important aspect in the artificial intelligence is that they are not so biased of course they are biased because uh, depending how they are teached and, and what kind of cases are, are given to them but I'm sure that would be very helpful for the physicians to, to okay, saying that, okay, but uh, you have now going to this avenue, but see, these are these and these and these avenues, so you should consider also go checking whether, whether this might be this. There's so much data coming out, and uh, digging this data into information into your head, it's, it's starts to be more and more complicated because I, I remember starting research in, in the early 80s. It was very nice to kind of master a certain area in the science so that I knew basically all relevant publications now. It's, it's, it's not possible anymore and, and, and definitely will not be possible in the future. Thank you for that opinion. Probably I have one last question for today, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. How do you see the future of Everfill in five years? In five years, we will have a sales permit in US and Europe, and we are in the point that it can be started to be sold, the, the product, and most probably at that point, our abilities and strength is too small, so that we have to kind of... a abandon that to another <laughs> sorry for using the word abandon but it's kind of a give that or sell that or license that to the some uh, bigger player in the world who, who can really market that in their big marketing channels and sales channels right i got your point thank you very much for this interview this was timo from everfill and yeah that was it for this week thank you thank you This was Tribecast episode 13 and my name is Marina. Let me remind you that Tribecast 3 is an independent media working in a close cooperation with the Tribe Tamper community. Next week I will continue talking to the potential winners of Arctic 15 and for now I wish you all a pleasant relaxing weekend. Stay warm and tuned. Tribecast.